It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Four o'clock hours here. I that could wipe out. That last conversation could wipe out this whole hour. But I can't let it happen. Because you know it's one of my things. Reno's in. TSPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. And for the Reno audience, Northern Nevada audience, uh, we were just talking about stadium food, but for us. So maybe little known. At a lot of stadiums, the media is presented food. It is their work day. You are there for a long time. We appreciate it. But uh, going back like 30 years, I, I've just seen witness horror stories of just creepy, selfish, jerkhead media people complaining about the free food they get. And I'm I'm starting to think that Adam and much of the Raiders crew that covers uh, LVR is along those lines complaining about the Allegiant food. I I like the Allegiant food. I don't like everything that's there, but you sort of of back this whole stance. I mean, I know you're not going to complain about it, but you said lots of others complain about it, and you just outed some pig from the Patriots media. Wasn't it you – don't you have the story about somebody like there was almost a riot over a pizza oven at the Super Bowl or yep, something? Yep. San Diego. <laughs> I'm ch- sorry. Uh, was it Green Bay and Denver? Super Bowl in San Diego, there was a pizza machine, like a mini pizza machine. I mean, that's nice, right? Mini pizza machine, and it, it malfunctioned, right? And the woman, she was actually – because I didn't, I didn't see it, but I had gotten the story back from someone on the show, another host, and he had witnessed – this 16-year-old girl serving the pizzas, and the machine broke down, and they started screaming at her. <laughs> and from then forward, I'm like, I will not tolerate any sort of jerkitude on the free food. It's fair. I just i i don't I don't like rude people. I don't like bullies, and I don't like dirty people. How like, about and impolite people? Let me. Add, I'll ask. I'll ask this one. Some arenas charge the media, which I am in full support of. I've a. <laughs> That er- Full that, well, I got really angry when they first started doing it, but then I quickly, I I came to the mindset like, we did it to ourselves. Yeah, we did it to ourselves. So yeah, they should charge us. But Mike, we my- weren't appreciative for all these years. And here's your other choice: you can pay eight bucks to get a media meal, or ten bucks to get a media meal, or you can go downstairs and get a, a you know, a crusty hot dog and a soda for twenty three. Yeah. But, my- but you did it to us. But my ben Volin and your types, Jay Mariotti and your types, Howard David and your types. To Sean, he did it. You did my, it to us. My question, though, is once you charge, now it's fair game, right? There should be some standard of yeah. quality. I, that's that's my that is my point. I think now if you're charging, okay, now you're a restaurant, so now you can complain. Hey, people in Reno, hit me up. Is that hot chicken place that's outside the stadium where you're walking around? Is it good? Because there was no food in the media room when I got there. <laughs> There's That's a lot of places, especially college, for sure. Yeah. For sure, that's a thing. I thought about going down. I was like, hot chicken? I like hot chicken. But I, then I saw the prices. And I was like, I I'll know. tell you this. How much? It was like $13 for a six-piece wings. <laughs> I mean, it's a stadium. It's a little risky. You're right. Stadium food sometimes you, can be really good. But the line was long, so I was like, this chicken must be good. It, it must be. I mean, I know you had some stories about you know, the folks in northern Nevada not being super classy around you, but they know food. If you ever stupid. if you ever have a chance to cover an event at the United Center, I highly suggest you do it. Tremendous. It is. I will attest <laughs> to that. I went for a UFC <laughs> event, and they have a buffet that is equal to uh, at least a mid-level 
strip buffet. Oh, yeah. And it's not $39. No. Was it free? It was free. Yep. Beautiful people at the United Sunday Centers. bar? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well, y'all, gosh. Can you hit number four? Okay. <laughs> Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. Number four. I'll, I'll, to continue the conversation, as it started last hour, we were talking about um, UNLV does a nice job with the Legion on food for the media around these games. So Colorado State, they had the theme, the country picnic, and we, we laid out the menu. It was like chicken and a biscuit. Um, there was some other chicken. There was baked beans. There was mac and cheese. Very solid. Very solid. I did make the suggestion to um, Mark, who picks the menu. I said... I would like to eat the opponent. Um, so in the case of Colorado State, can we get something that's sort of along a Ram theme? So I did suggest maybe next time they're in town, if it's if it's cost-effective, maybe some elk. That doesn't sound cost-effective. You don't think so? Unless, well, unless, elk meat is not outrageous. Unless Justin provides it. I actually, if, if everyone knew the joke, Justin Watkins <laughs> uh, does. And he actually, he is out this week because he is on a hunting trip. Um, he has bagged some big elk and then chopped up the meat. He's got a butcher who chops up the meat, and I still have some of that elk meat. It is delicious. Are you going to bring it for everybody to eat it? Can, can you, I don't. I think that would be a health violation if I brought it to Allegiant and just handed it to Mark. And Cook I was like, this hey, up. Yeah, but can you just tell the, the, the kitchen downstairs, here's the elk. I provided it. Probably not going to work. <laughs> but I'll tell you the other thing I, I was thinking of, um, and it, this kind of goes back against my whole thing about don't be obnoxious when you're getting free food. You mentioned the Sunday bar, and that got me thinking, and that's why this whole Big Four got derailed. I would love a soft – I think a soft-serve machine at any buffet is one of the greatest things ever. That's why – that's one of the – it is – aside from being able to get prime rib, like back in the day, 20 years ago, you could go get a buffet, you know, max like 14 bucks, sometimes like 10 bucks. They'd slice prime rib, and please, we can't do the prime rib story with your with uh, your maybe soon to be boss like, oh, but but between the prime rib cuz I'm not going to make prime rib at home tomorrow it's not going to happen not. between the middle of the meal being some prime rib and then the end of the meal being some soft serve swirl maybe there's some sprinkles i mean what well, 15 bucks i think i've also I believe, I've, back in the day i think i've said there is a there's a place in town that i go to like four times a week because they have a perfect setup for writing uh, it's a restaurant that has a booth with outlets near near the Wi-Fi. Oh, wow, you got to loot me in on this. So I have my ho- my own little setup every time. And actually, there's listeners that we love that know my booth. And when they go in there, they sit in my booth just in case I'm trying to get it. So they can mess with me. <laughs> You're blocking the booth. Uh, yeah. Sean, you jerk. Uh, no, but but uh, the uh, I go there, and it has like their free soft serve that comes with it. I've never had it before, but people go nuts for it. Absolutely nuts. It's, it's a little thing. People why do you love it? By the way, why do you hold out? I'm not going to announce it on the air. He, Damon, he's got a handyman that his mother was bragging about, and I understand there's conditions. He held out on giving me that guy's number. Okay. Uh, then I find out you've got a, like a hookup now with a good mechanic. You haven't given me that number, and I don't know about this soft serve perfect booth thing. I've told you about it before. I go there like four times a week to the same place. Same order every time too. Uh, you got to tell me five. No, as soon as I come in, I don't. I don't listen well. Apparently, it's, it's like the only remaining salad bar in town. Ah, oh, that's from. right. Yeah. Okay. And the, and you get fries cream with the meal. Oh, people just go nuts for so it. So good. Yeah. Um, do you think it's too much to ask Allegiant and Mark soft for serve? A soft serve. 
I mean, they have a ton of desserts there. Have they ever had soft serve at a uh, Raiders game? No. So they might not have, they have the to machines. wheel the machine in? Yeah. Well, UFC it does it at T-Mobile. They do. They do? Oh, yeah. The, UFC, the UFC's the UFC got a pretty When's the next event? I haven't been to an event in a while. They wheel in a Sunday bar, yeah. I don't go to the events because they have every... Well, you and guys, our, are, you, you our, guys uh, are downstairs. I would be upstairs in the ring and I can't I can't see anything. It's pointless That's for That's true. Uh, well, or you can just sit in the media tent. And have a seat in there and just watch and do. All Can the you do that? Yeah. You just keep going back. That's and where the, all the That's where the Sunday bar is. And our uh, our oh. guy from Thomas and Mac has a coffee bar there. Coffee and and Sundays. He does? All the oh yeah. Sense. I gotta get back in the loop. I'm out yeah. of it right now. You are. All right, number three. Number three. <laughs> you can do it for. I'm sure the John Jones fight will be here now since it's canceled. Oh, the last yeah. You guys, uh, you guys have that. Lined I didn't want to believe us. it. Now you guys have that lined up for the grab bag. All right. This is one of the more amazing stories of drama. But in a way, I really love it because we were just talking about pushing back. Like Jim Irsay with the NFL is just like, no, I'm going to do whatever I want. What James Harden is doing with the Sixers is magical until this moment because apparently James Harden showed up with his bags packed, ready to join the team for road game, what, tomorrow against the Bucks, Yeah. And Saturday against the Raptors. The Sixers responded with, nah. Go home. How awesome is this? Why are your bags packed? <laughs> Where are you going? Harden's like, okay, Olive Branch. I'm gonna go. I'm ready. Well, I, no, no, no. Because now late. it's his turn. You, he has to book a commercial flight <laughs> and go. Does he have the money? I think so. You know he does. Show and up. I, and I've talked about it. This is why James Harden can do this. James Harden is a he is brilliant from a financial standpoint. I know he spends like a lunatic, but. He was one of the ground floor guys with Kobe and uh, what is it? Was it Body, Body, Armor. Body Armor? He made hundreds of millions of dollars with on that. And look what he's done in the NBA. Yeah. He's got other endorsement deals. He can do whatever he wants. But I want him to show up in Milwaukee, sit, buy a ticket, sit right behind the bench. And then when after the game, like, all right, we going? No? All right, I'm going to buy my own flight to the next stop, too. And just keep showing up where they go and then buy tickets right behind the bench. Do you think he'll do that? No, he I went home, really jumped in bed, and took the best nap ever. <laughs> <laughs> he has no worries in life. Was that a contractual thing? Do you think he had to show Maybe. up Maybe. just to satisfy whatever the next step is? Yeah, and then so they have to keep paying him because he's like, I showed up. You told me to, you told me not to. Number two. Number two. Uh, the Vast Sound Crew decided I we don't want to hear the audio on this. <laughs> Charles Barkley cornered Adam Silver last night. Cornered. <laughs> Uh, Silver was a guest on the show. They're trying to go to break, and then Barkley's like, oh, I'm going to be a tough guy. I'm going to put Adam Silver on the spot about domestic violence and guys like Miles Bridges. Come on, bro. You, you have to know better than Adam Silver can't answer anything like that on live TV before cases aren't finished. You know, this is the day we usually have our legal insider on. We're going to go into this a lot, but there's, there's legal reasons Adam Silver can't do it. And I'm not saying that... Domestic violence isn't an issue, and would I like to see guys, you know, punished heavily? But we also have a system here. You you can't, you know, in the masses, you also you can't look at cases where you're like, oh well, guilty until proven innocent, huh? Yeah, yeah. What you're asking for with immediate justice with guys like Miles Bridges is not what you really want. Um, oh, Barkley's a hero. No, know. he's not. Ask, I don't know. Ask me. 
With it's what? not that hard because you don't have to be specific. You don't have to say, I think Bridges should be out of the league. You don't have to do something like there that. There can be an example. You like can just the say, NFL does. look, I'm just as concerned as you are, Charles. I think oh, our players yeah. are as well. Right. And I hope that your play, your fellow players, the players that you used to play with that are now in the league, will also come to the table so and think- set up some very, very stiff penalties and discipline for situations like this that happen so we can all work together to make sure it's a safer league for women to be around. So you think Silver Not hard. Silver lawyered up too much? Yeah, and I th- well I think he I think he panicked, wasn't ready for it, which right. to your point, but I don't think you should be prepared for questions like that. I think you should be you should be you know, it should be kind of sprung on you at times and you all have right. to say what you feel and for him to kind of panic in the way that he did and as you said, law- you know, get very lawyerly, which is fine. I understand that you can't be specific about certain things, but you can express that you're very, very concerned about it. I'm clearly joking, but my favorite tweet was David Stern would have said, didn't you spit on a little girl? <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know what's funny? I mentioned the story to the SO at home, and she had like a laundry list of stuff that Barkley had done. I was like, man, I forgot about it. Threw a guy through the window? Yeah. Like, would you, do you, would you want that same sort of immediate justice handed down to you when you played, when you make mistakes? When... I'm not going to say inevitably, but when a woman claims that you assaulted her. Not that I know if Bar- you know, Barkley you know, does some, some damage on the road. But, I've, only, uh, hit, I've uh, only hit dudes. But you get my point, right? Sure. What if someone came at him and said, hey, I'm a female said I'm a victim, uh, sexual assault, I got raped. Yeah. Okay, you're fired. Yeah. This is what you want, you're fired. Now, I understand the flip side. There is something admirable uh, you know, from a kind of media member in Barkley just going right to the issue and just putting people on the spot. Yeah. It would be cool if we lived in that world, but there is a legal system. and But he is in a good position because the NBA ain't going to do anything. He ain't getting suspended no. because if he does, then he's going to scream, holy hell, that I'm suspended because of this. So the league has proven it doesn't care about DV. All right, Knights last night go into the third period trailing against the uh, Gritty Gutty Flyers. One, the crowd stayed the whole time, even with the late start. They were there to uh, root on the team in the third period. Many of them, sure. Okay, that's good news. Sure. Your thoughts yeah. on the AP start? Um, I, you, you like late night stuff. I love, I yeah. love it. And uh, I know I walked into uh, the media room at about six thirty after leaving here, and uh, there were some, you know, Golden Knights employees. Gary Lawless, I'll, I'll mention as one of them. That was just kind of sitting there, and I was like. I was like, this is awesome, guys. Can we have more of these? I, I know what's going to happen. Don't do it, please. <laughs> Gary, Gary uh, you know, good good friend, uh, Gary Lawless, was like, oh, always with the, always, always with the, uh, um, you know, opposite opinion of everybody else. This is stupid, you know, this, this kind of, this kind of thing. But uh, yeah, always the control. Why do, why do veteran said. media people kind of, why are they so sour? And that's coming from me. But here's the thing. I I love sports. I love going to games. I love covering games. What's the friggin' issue? Now I don't love going to games that I don't cover. Well, it does suck for us on deadline. I'm not one who it does suck. And, for and you. it also I'll, I'll say how this, does it suck for Gary? And I didn't think about it. it I mean, it's look. It, it, you also have to be back at work early in the morning. So I mean, that is there. There is don't, an element don't of nod it. your head. But I'll also I will uh, I will say last night um, Bruce Cassidy, who I have often credited as. One of the best people I've ever covered. Yeah. Just because of his openness, uh, his answers are always so telling. Oh. Doesn't hide anything. Oh. I love asking him questions. He did look at uh, at Nate, the PR guy, at one point. He's like, it's almost midnight. Like, uh, Can we go? <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, that's, that's actually fair. That's why, that's Steve, fair. because some people love a good eight hours more. But I don't like that from Butchie. 
You know what? You know where it gets I me going. Felt, I felt worse for Nate because yeah. Nate had already said last question. Oh, did someone? Keep and then uh, Bruce answered the question. He goes, he goes, it's almost twelve. Can can we go? Yeah. And uh, and I was like, he'd already said last question. You don't have to. Oh, so he's doubling up. down on. Yeah. You know, like, oh, what are we on. doing? Yeah. I we so missed a spot with Darren yesterday, and I will get to it next week. Uh, Tortorella was in the building. He was. What was his reaction after the game? He freaking uh, I storm out. I was I was in the uh, Knights locker room, so I didn't get to hear it. But I think he was probably he was probably happy with his team's effort. I mean, they played pretty well. I got a point. I, well, I don't know if he was. Like, I they didn't get a point. I, I, I don't know if he was grumpy about the time. They, they almost got a point. They almost got it to overtime. They didn't quite get it there. Yeah, Millard talked about a classic showdown. Uh, for them, it's eleven o'clock. Like twenty years ago, with Tortorella and a New York Rangers media dude, which yeah. I it's one of my favorite things that's ever happened. But I I I mean I do think. I and I'm not joking about this because I was saying it last night and people were like, "Shut up, don't say that." I do think they should do a midnight game again, just like the Wranglers used to do. Yeah. I don't know that the NHL would necessarily allow it, or the Players Association, or the Players Association, or TV. Uh, but I would love if they did it. I, I think it's such a cool thing for Vegas. It was such a cool thing when uh, they did it in the ECHL. I wish they would do it again. Well, I mean, wouldn't the better idea be if you're going to do this extended deal? Why not have – Vegas has to be part of it, but if the Knights played a 9 o'clock game and then there was still another game at midnight, but it's all West Coast teams. Yeah. That's the problem. Don't involve the Flyers so that their fans have to stay up until 4 in the morning. Yeah, that's fair. Just have the West Coast teams. And they'll, they'll complain, but fans will be into it. Oh, There's yeah. plenty of teams in the West. Yeah, Kings. Kings, F, Knights, F, Seattle. F the, F the Sharks. Yeah, make, make, them them go to, make them go to Seattle. Okay, fair. I want the. Hey, I want the, a midnight. You don't like I it. I want the midnight bad. game here. Okay. Yeah. Vegas is where you have midnight game. You'll do it New Year's Eve at midnight. Oh, really? Yeah. Actually, one a.m. That's you go party on the strip and then walk into the building. That's getting a little crazy. I would love that. All right. So how'd the game go in the third period? Uh, well, the Knights for a period and a half played awful. They were terrible. Um, Cassidy decided to shorten the bench in the second period. Took some shifts away from a couple guys, including Paul Cotter, who didn't play. I think like the last eight minutes of the of the second period. Um, message was clearly sent because Paul Cotter had one of the filthiest moves you're ever going to see. It was number one play on Sports Center last night, top ten. Uh, might be like the number one play of the month when they do that at the end of the month. Um, is probably going to be in running for goal of the year. It was absolutely ridiculous what he did to that poor Philadelphia Flyers defenseman. And uh, and not only made the move, but finished, which I think is very important. Like you, The move alone would have been probably the play of the day. But then finished to tie the game. And then the Knights didn't stop because they, you know, they saw the opportunity. They saw, you know, blood in the water and kind of kept the, uh, kept the pressure up and then were able to score just before the end of regulation. Shea Theodore was incredibly frustrated because they had had so many shots blocked yesterday uh, he said he had felt like he already had 10 shots blocked uh, I asked him if he was trying to just put the put the puck through the back of the net instead of just putting it in the net because he he hit it about a thousand miles an hour and it somehow found its way through just a, a pool of bodies and found its way into the net and they get the two points out of it in regulation go to seven and0 uh, just an incredible third period for the Knights to find a way to get the two points once again and we'll keep adding on as we mentioned yesterday. 45, 10, and 5 since last year's All-Star break. Is that good? Sounds like it. It's pretty dominant. Now, I, I, I was going to call out our good friend Darren Millard last night 
when the Knights were losing with about five minutes to go in the game. Um, I don't know why he decided to bring up the record, which is sitting out there uh, to you know the record to start the season. Uh, only a couple of games away now, they have a chance to do it. But I don't think he. You're not supposed to say it publicly, but he decided to do it yesterday, and uh, it's within reach. By the way, how many teams do you think have started seven and zero? The Knights are seven and zero now uh, in NHL in, history. In the, NH- in the history of the NHL, um, I don't know, twenty-seven. I was going to say like eighty. Yeah, so it's been a long NHL. Did I did I underguess on twenty-seven? Sixteen. Okay. Well, I I thought I was going outrageous, but you're right. You would ex- I think yeah, you would expect it to be a little more like fifty. Yeah, sixteen. Just, only just, sixteen teams have started seven. Now, and now we're now we're sounding like we're minimizing a seven and zero start. No, it's it's very good, but a seven yeah. game winning streak is not that wild, right? And to start seven and zero, only sixteen yeah. teams have done it in NHL history. I mean, for me, the seven and zero with the Knights is because they just want to stay in the cup, and you're you know, logic would say you come back the next year, and you're like, eh, sure, whatever. Beginning they're, of the season, we just got to get back to the playoffs. Who cares? They're, just, they're stacking points. It's wild. But Colorado, I think, moved six and zero last night, so they might be the seventeenth. And Boston, I think, is still undefeated too. Maybe that's eighteen. So it could be only fifteen times in NHL history. It could be three times this year. <laughs> what? Leaks no, off. I'm just saying this, and I was like, all I can think about is the morning show. They said, yeah, they're getting bounced in the first round. Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, they might. It's possible. Would but you bet like... them? Would you bet them on that? Of course. You'd bet the Knights, right? That the Knights won't. Yeah, they make it past so the first bet round. Over... They make it out of the first round. Yeah. If the if the number is a half playoff series win, you'll bet the over. Yes. All right. You in press too. box. Well, they should have home ice. They're very very good at home. Just thought it was absurd that they're already talking. They're going to bounce in the playoffs. What first round? Get out I don't. Here. I don't think they bet any of them. Does that bet? Well, no. Danny bets. Yeah, it's, yeah it's oh, Danny. Danny bets anything. Do you think Danny's with? When you were listening, was Danny like, oh yeah, yeah? No, I think isn't Danny a big Knights fan? No, he, oh, he's Capitals fan. I listened right. to the show, but he also said it to me yesterday. He did? Uh, yes. Let's get a bet. Yeah. More, how about more of the uh, 7-Eleven pizzas? You know what's funny? I was going to bring you some taquitos the other day. But uh, in light of recent events. Don't. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have been, so, been so bad. <laughs> I didn't want to Your just, car. We'll just say you're, it's back? No, 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 no. The car, no. no just, what other recent events? What? I didn't want to bring them in, but, you know, and I didn't want to just have oh, sitting on the Oh, I totally missed it. Well, one. When I won that bet, that was what, head-to-head Steelers and Raiders game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the bet is I was going to get you, I think it was like, uh, what was it, like five, seven, eleven pizza, something yes. like that. The, it was like a $40 bet. Um, and my side was I get like 40 bucks worth of uh, taquitos. Um, the intent was not that you have to bring the food to me. That's ridiculous. No, but I, what am I, I'm just going to give you $40? What if you don't get the taquitos? <laughs> Adam, tell him. He'll get him. Okay. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I'll find He's time. Likely to buy taquitos anyway. Yes. <laughs> so far, I've only had two, and I did get a big gulp that time. So I'll, I'll put that on the bill as well. Okay. Eighty-nine cents for the big gulp. Yeah. It is. Uh, you're, that's good. That's good. It is. Uh, I think right now it's a special. Get, plus, I have the plus. I have the card. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. I was just wasn't I snapping earlier about a free pop for uh, yeah. one of the chicken places, sure. and I keep doing Seven Eleven. When you, uh, I don't think that's a competitor of anyone. Uh, when you, when you. When you go hot dog from Seven Eleven, are you going chili and cheese on it? Uh, that looks go- dangerous. I'm not going hot dog from Seven Eleven. Okay, I will. It just, it but looks I don't dangerous. know if I would do the chili. I don't know what it is. Doesn't matter. Do you really know what any chili is? No, I don't really eat chili. Is what I'm. Yeah, what I like I'm chili. Suggesting. But I don't know that I'm. I don't know how long it's been there. Well, one of my my first job that I ever had for one day was at a place that serves chili, 
You got it right out of the can? Uh, no, I don't know. Or you just didn't change I, it for days. I was like, how do you make this? And like, uh, only one person makes this and you don't talk about it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you don't talk about like, it. Right. What? I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> I was only there for a day, so I never got to. It was so mismanaged uh, that when it was my break, I just left. Oh, really? It was a husband and wife that were that were owning it. it was, they were just opening and they were arguing all morning. And nobody, everybody's like, "What are we supposed to do?" We're like, ah, ah, ah. like, all right, I, I'm not, I can't do this. This is, this feels like home. I'm not going to be. Well, here. that, that, yeah, that. <laughs> well, I guess I won't shout out the hot dog place that you're talking about. I remember yeah. that. I remember yeah, the yeah. story of the owners fighting, and you guys were all like, "Okay." okay. Well, what I, do we do? I was like, "Yeah, I'm not. I can't. I can't stay here." Uh, Arash Markazi is going to be in later on, and Arash, of course, has the Sporting Tribune that covers L.A., Vegas, and Hawaii. So they're all over the Anaheim Ducks. We only have a couple seconds here to tease ahead in about an hour because I want to know more about this. The the basic gist with. Um, who's the young player? Leo Carlson. And NHL's doing load management, right? Well, they are. Ooh! NHL and load management. Oh! <laughs> young player, and they won't just throw him to the Wolves? They're yeah, going to give him the baby treatment? Well, they, instead of putting him in the minors, like you'd usually do with a kid his age, like, well, we'll, we'll keep him in the NHL to get the experience, but we don't want to drive him into the ground for 82 games. All right. That's acceptable. By, by the way, baseball does that too. Of course. When you get the, uh, what the hell is it, rule whatever, rule five draft, and they yeah, get, a, you get a guy who's like 19, who played A-ball, yeah. and they're like, yeah, we'll have him on the roster. He'll throw you know once every two weeks. We want him around, though. So load management and, and uh, easing guys in at times, uh, young guys, has happened in all sports forever. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah! Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Why why don't we play more Meek Mill and that filthy song you told me about earlier, which is apparently is a really big song. What was it called again? <laughs> Dreams and Nightmares. Dreams and Nightmares that uh the Diamondbacks played as they were celebrating. Why can't we mix in more Meek Mill? And also Creed. Why can't we be versatile like that? And then Cowboy Cotton would come over the top with, I don't know, what do you want to play, a lot of George Strait? No, nah, maybe just some uh, you Chris Stapleton. Ra- you love Rascal Flats? I know you do. Life's a highway. That's not really there. <laughs> Why can't we do that? And especially Creed. It's so inspiring. Just more Meek Mill. Creed is so inspiring. Is it? It's. I'll tell you what. It's, a, it's, it's good for karaoke. Crowds love it. Or private rooms love it. Nickelback's yeah. also good for karaoke. Um, not so much. I'm not a. I'm not as much. I'm. You're right. Nickelback, you, you know what? It you guys, is, much as that's Nickelback why you guys didn't see me at the holiday party. That's oh, you why. did it? Yeah. God, as much as Nickelback party. is mocked, they are infinitely better than Creed. I don't think so. They are. It's very inspirational. And uh, now that I know my guy, Primetime Kirk, loves Creed, I'm very much more into Creed. And is it aren't? I don't know where I saw it. I, I see you. You. We take in so much stuff anymore. I can't remember. What the hell is going on? I thought Creed was in a recent commercial. I gotta look that up. Who's the lead singer? Scott Stapp. Scott Stapp. Yeah, I think he's in a commercial. He looks what? older. He, he aged. I'm like, yeah, we all do. For what? I don't know. I gotta look it up. Steve, well, speaking of commercials, real quick. Yes. A commercial that I commercial. I keep staring at it every time it comes on because you said it. Jason Bateman His with hands? the iPhone. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I I I have noticed. They skip past the hand now a lot. They did a shorter version. Describe to the audience what I brought up about three weeks ago. 
that he's got these giant mitts, as you called them, yeah. as he's showing um, the other actor that he's friends with. Oh, you need to get this new iPhone. Well, he's he's got he's got the phone, got and then they zoom it. in on his hand holding the phone. And there's I don't think those are really his hands, but they they screwed up and they have like a mega hand on it, and the hand looks kind of bloated. It's weird, man. It's real weird. Then then they back off for a wide shot, and then you're looking at his hands. You're like, are they really that big? Because they, they don't look that big when it gets to, you know. I know. Yeah. I know. I've actually started. The other thing I'm starting to focus on, um, did, did we get, I think we had a discussion about, um, oh, that's what it was. I, uh, Adam wasn't there. We were at TI, and I used my hand to model with a chicken finger. Yeah. A half-eaten chicken finger. I was listening. And uh, my hand looked pretty good. For an old hand, it looked pretty good. Uh, I, you know, it was nicely manicured right now. My nails are a little bit of a mess, but these are the things that I look for because now the next thing, because Jason Bateman had mega hands, like really weird and creepy. Now I look for female stars who were in the commercials and then they go to the close up shot and you're like, their nails are done. And then they go back to their regular hands or vice versa, but they go back to their hands in a wide shot and you're like, there's no nail polish. Her nails are a nightmare. Steve, this is I mean, my. Isn't that how much like, time are you spending focusing on this? Andy Reid's Andy Reid's hands, where he takes the nuggets and the new State Farm commercial. You know what? I haven't focused on that. I don't think when those he, are Andy Reid's hands. When he walks, when he does yeah, the walk over like, to the what chicken about the pieces? nuggets? Yeah, because it's like it's like combo, like a burger and fries. And he's like, can I get the nuggets? By the way, ninety minutes ago, when Adam brought up dreams and nightmares, and I was deer in the headlights. Look at his face right now in commercials. <laughs> he has I, I, no I idea. I've never watched. I watch things so intently. Dude, does every. Uh, Every subscription you have, did you buy commercial free? No, it's just I as soon as commercials come on, if you can't, well, you can sk- on on my main television I, I, on YouTube TV, which I watch. There's actually an option to skip commercials, which I, I can't believe that they do oh, that. I didn't know that. And it just goes like a Zen screen. I've seen the Zen yeah. screen. Oh, I, yeah. that that's another that's another block yeah. of the show we need to do. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, how much revenue were they losing with this stupid <laughs> Zen screen? But I kind of like it. All right, I just watched the Andy Reid hands creeping across. Isn't it good? Like I, mean, I don't, like, I don't. That's another one because he's going for chicken fingers because he wants to try everything. It, that's a funny commercial, by the way. And then Mahomes takes the the chicken pieces and puts it up next to his face, and starts right. eating them all up close. Well, his hands, you can see his hands when he's actually eating the the sandwich. Yeah. So are they the same hands that creep across the table? I'm gonna say, I think they are not. I may do some research tonight and compare Andy Reid's hands walking across the table versus his hands with a marker drawing mustaches on people. Company live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, Adam, finish up on your note about Creed because we went off the rails there and you started doing research on Andy Reid's acting and and going after the Nuggies. That's all I'm doing now. Yes, I know you are. You've gone down the rabbit hole. This is the dangerous part on the show. Uh, Kirk Cousins says, big fan of Creed. Yeah, I mean, why? Why, first of all, I guess you can. Everybody can like what they want. That's fine. But why would you admit this? Like you know, people are going to hate you even more. You don't need people to even to even have more reasons to not. Like I you. don't think there's like millions of people who hate Creed. They oh, might I think, think there they are. might think it's cheesy. Oh, I think there are. Yeah, yeah, I think there are. You run in certain circles. True. It's we true. all have our taste. It's true. It's true. You have very little. 
But in particular, he likes the song Higher. Okay. I mean. <laughs> He's like, I mean. It's good inspirational stuff. I'm not saying I listen to it every day, but it's not terrible. I know you're more into it's Dreams and Nightmares. Far, yes, as anybody with, with ears would be. All right. Uh, basketball season starting up in, uh, on the college side. We know the NBA opened up yesterday, and we've been uh, all over covering the running Rebels opening up. We were out at Mountain West Conference Media Day a few weeks ago, so we've got a lot of good conversations with the coaches around the Mountain West Conference. If you missed, in Reno, if you missed the Steve Alford conversation, that is up at Steve Cofield up on Twitter, so go check that out. Uh, the other day I had a chance to uh, talk to one of the returnees for the Running Rebels, very versatile player in 6566, Shane Noel. And uh, Shane started talking about uh, what he's been working on, what he needs to improve on, and a lot of it had to do with uh, what goes on between the ears. Uh, my mentality has always been the same, you know, just to keep getting better every single day, um, you know, because we're all competing with, with each other. And, um, you know, when I when I raise my level of intensity, it, um, it, it rubs off in the group in a very um, – very positive way, um, in a very uplifting way. So I just got to continue to do that um, on and off the court. And when I say off the court, I'm talking about, you know, um, the film sessions, being more engaged. And, uh, and yeah. Well, how do you feel like you could carve out a, a consistent role on this team? What are the things you can bring to the table to where the coaches would have to play? Um, definitely playing extremely hard. Um, it starts on the defensive end, you know, being that communicator, being the defensive anchor, um, somebody that can, coaches can rely on. Um, defensively it, and as for the offense, um, just making sure I'm knocking down shots, um, being a high-level rebounder and just playing with a lot of the floor. Were there times last year where you were out on the floor and you're like, man, I, like, I'm not where I want to be? Um, I would say yes for not where I want to be because um, for me it's about knowing not just one spot but knowing multiple. Um, so once again, how I'm able to help the defense out in many different ways um, and help the team out. So that's what I was mainly in applying. So what did you do this summer? Working on basketball? Where did you hang out? Where were you? Um, it was a lot of, lot of film work. Um, a lot of film definitely helps go a long way. Um, you know, it's not about just playing and actually getting that experience, but it's about looking at it from a different viewpoint. And um, I've had a lot of coaches who sat down with me over the summer. And, you know, we really broke down uh, my game defensively. Um, so, yeah. So beyond basketball, what did you do? Beyond basketball? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just expanding my mind, you know, getting a lot, a lot of reading. Um, it's really helped me it's, it's transition onto, court, onto the court. Um, you know, once again, from that reading aspect, um, you know, just really learning, just expanding, um, you know, all fa- af- in all facets of life. So, so what did you read? Um, I read a lot of books about the, about the subconscious mind. Um, because for me, last year, I was kind of all over the place. And uh, I was trying to find ways to not only improve on the court, but also off the court. So I'm able to bring those two together. It's helped me in both ways and uh, just things like that. Don't take this the wrong way. You seem more confident in just speaking and in this conversation. Like, of course. Have you noticed that? Was that something you wanted to effort over the summer? Like I have to be uh, – my approach has to be a little different. Especially, um, most definitely. Especially last year, you know, I, was, I didn't really know how to uh, necessarily get my point across when I was speaking to the media. Um, so, you know, reading and also just watching other dudes' interviews and how they – um, approach the interview and taking thought to dissect what they're saying and then not just speaking so fast so just learning how to really understand the question and give a really powerful answer every time. Who did you watch last year uh, on the team who you thought presented themselves pretty well? Oh, EJ Harkins for sure. You know, he was a really good role model off the court. Um, he's really good in the community and he still is, has a lot of connections from what I've heard. Um, you know, he's really been a good role model for me. Um, especially when I first got here, I really didn't know him too much, but um, it was really good just to see somebody who was really, who really just overcared about life 
and uh, he helped me realize that um, it's not just about what you do on the court, but how you impact the community. And um, he's really he's a really good example of that. Topic at the end there, EJ Harkless, Elijah Harkless, which has kind of become a theme in terms of his production under Kevin Kruger, going out and grabbing uh, bounce backs or close out your career from Power 5 schools. And, you know, uh, technically, Shane Noel is one of those guys, but he transferred very early. He didn't have a role at Arizona. You know, keep in mind, Shane at 6'5", is – he is arguably, when he's on, one of their most versatile defenders because he can defend out to the point, and he played bigs last year like when they needed to have someone muscle and cover Tyson Degenhardt all over the court. It was Shane Noel who, who did that. Uh, Noel also hit the, one of the craziest three-pointers I've ever seen, like behind the backboard, falling out of bounds in the Mountain West Conference tournament to send it to overtime. Um, he still has a ton of upside, but – there was a point to that conversation. Most of it was about off the court and improving as a person. And I'm telling you, when when we stood in front of him, Mike Romala was included on that uh, from the Las Vegas Sun. I was like, wow. Like, you see guys grow up. It's kind of the cool thing about covering collegiate athletes. You see them change over the course of a couple of years. And he's got uh, – Shane's just got a presence now that's a little bit different from the past. And um, he's got a brother who plays in the NBA in Jalen who was extremely successful right out of the gates in college. And – you know, Adam, everyone's story is not the same when they go to school. You know, some yeah. some people are built to be awesome right away and some have to grow into it. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that about college. It's it's the same. I mean, covering the NFL, you see guys from their rookie year till two, three, four years. So, I mean, that tells you how much you can grow in college when you're still growing once you reach the professional levels in a lot of cases. So, um, I think people expect kids because they're on TV and because you know who they are to just be fully developed as people, and that's just not going to be the case. And again, go up to uh, at Steve Cofield or at UNLV All Access up on Twitter, and you can see a lot of these interviews uh, in the video form. Uh, first Kevin Kruger radio show is November 7th. That is a Tuesday. The Kruger show location will also be Parkway Tavern, but a different Parkway Tavern. Like tonight's Barry Odom show is going down at 2.15 and Flamingo. That's a 6 o'clock start. $2 on the Miller Lights during the show. The Kruger show will kind of bounce around a little bit. We'll, uh, we'll post a schedule soon. Uh, we'll bounce around uh, Tuesdays and, and Wednesdays because the uh, the non-con is filled with a lot of road games, so they'll be traveling a bunch for uh, Kevin Kruger's run of Rebels. But the Parkway Tavern at the District will be the host of the show. So that first show is November 7th, and John Sandler will be there, and so Curtis Terry will be there, and I will try to be there as well. It's a good one, but I was hoping you were coming to the one in my neighborhood. I love that one. Where is it? The Parkway Tavern. I actually don't know. No, we, th- there's been uh, we've had some of the the football coaches. Did we do a draft. There. Oh, that's right. It's a. Yeah. Uh, that's right. It's the one right across or right near the M. It's right across from the M. Yeah. yeah, I can't keep track. Volunteer, I believe it is. I the. So about three weeks ago, I hadn't been to your house in a while. I drove the local roads to get down to your house in Sohi, and I was like, "Holy crap." You, I'm sure you don't really notice it now because no. the, the change has been happening around Whole you. Whole new world out there. It is nuts. Yeah. So I was like, oh, is there one like right next to your house now? No. Which is, yeah, it's right up there by them. It's great. Yeah. All Parkway, lo- ta- Parkway Tavern locations are fantastic. Yes. Uh, happy hour, three to six. That's going on right now to get ready for the Barry Odom Radio Show. Uh, dollar off beers, wines, and wells. And then you know about their tremendous list, beer list, and drink list at all of them. And uh, two bucks off the apps and $2 off pizzas. What a deal. It is a good deal. Um, will we be talking to 
UNLV athletes, Nevada athletes in the future and referencing their conference as the Pac-12? I would think so. What's the latest now with Oregon State and Washington State and this money they're fighting for with the Pac-12 schools who have bailed, this war chest, and then, I mean, we've talked to Justin Watkins a ton in this spot, and Justin has followed us really closely because he's an Oregon State guy, and Justin's hope was that there's so much money at stake that the Pac-12 schools who left would be like, go to the Big 12 and be like, all right, there's a lot of money at stake here. You need to let them in the the, uh, yeah. the Big 12. Is that not happening now? And is their best option going to have to be in the Pacific and Mountain Time Zone? Yeah, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Now there was another suit filed, I believe, while we're on the air. So I got to look what's up. Crazy. Look what happened there. I haven't caught up on that one, but um, I, I think a lot of people that just look at it and say, "Hey, there's an easy solution. Look, there's two schools left in the Pac-12. There's still the Mountain West. Let's just make this one big conference, and this should be a really good conference. It'll be great. Everybody move forward. All right, let's go." Now the issues are, as you said, money. Schools that are leaving the Pac-12, those deals are already signed. Like. What happens to the money, and do they all end up having to pay money back to Washington State and Oregon State, and do they not want people in their, in their conference at the time that money comes back that they then have to share it with? Probably not. Um, Mountain West, I'm sure, is looking at this and saying, yeah, Oregon State, Washington State, join us. Come to the Mountain West. It's great. But then you lose the branding in the in the, in the history of the Pac-12, which I up, think you'd rather have. You're going to bring up the other big money factor? Well, the biggest money factor of all, which I don't think they're going to be able to solve, but there is a playoff starting in football, and the Pac-12 has one of those spots, and they're not going to. <laughs> like That's not going to happen. It's not, it's not going to happen. Um, and yeah, right, the so, commissioner of college football. For year one, it will, because it's already done. Greg Sankey, the yeah. guy who runs the SEC, yeah, is the not SEC. going. Does not going to allow no. the pack, whatever it is, to have an auto bid. But they would have to. It would have to be an automatic, or it have to be a unanimous vote for next year. Yep. That's not going to happen. Pac-12 is going to vote. Pac-12 can still vote. Pac-12 is going to say, "Yeah, Pac-12 well, still it's, in." It's the Pac-2, right? So Oregon State and Washington State are like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're vote. We're still in." Yeah. Uh, so one of those schools will most likely get in. Uh, the way that it kind of works out now, uh, which is kind of weird. Um, but after that then it becomes much easier to kick one of the one of them out of an automatic bid, which that means they would kick the Pac-12 out, uh, we, we would assume, so that these schools that are coming in from the Mountain West would be like, all right, well, it's not quite as appealing anymore. Um, there's just all these factors that are in, but the playoff really seems to be the big one of losing that automatic bid, which is sure to happen, but when is it going to happen and how is it going to happen uh, are the factors that still, still remain to be determined. So it's not just as easy as, hey, there's two schools in the Pac-12, there's Mountain West, let's go. Like it's not that easy, and there's a lot of reasons why it's not that easy. Yeah, and it's a shame that it'll be what one group of five bid, and that it will now include a Pac-12 Mountain West, right? Along with the the current AAC right. and MAC and Conference USA. Yeah, because then if you if you said, well, hey, college football, just be nice and give the AAC one and give the Pac the Pac Mountain. Whatever you're going to call it, give them one. Well, that's one at-large bid coming away from these other yeah. conferences. They're not going to. They're not going to want to go for that. I'm and fans so, might not want to go for that. I'm not so sure that the the top five schools in Group of Five in any given year are worse than the fourth best program in that year from one of the big Power Fives. You get what I'm saying? So if Air Force or Tulane are the best team in Group of Five this year. Uh, and, and if I, I said top five, but if I made a list of five, like if Fresno's in that five, 
I don't think the fourth team in the SEC or the like the Big Ten. Well, it's not the fourth team there. I'm, but what I'm saying is a a more open 12-team tournament could allow a fourth team to make it in from the SEC to the Big Ten. It shouldn't happen. Right. I watch enough Big Ten football. It, it ain't impressive. I mean, hell, the third best program. Did you watch Penn State last week? What is that? Yeah. I mean, this, this year you're probably keeping – like if you took an extra one, you're probably keeping like Alabama out. I don't think that's the case. Yeah. We'll have to look. We'll have to look at the standings on that one. Five o'clock hours on the way. Cofield and Company.